You are watching and listening to episode 72 of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. Today, I give a little history lesson. Dave takes his moment to gloat about an irrelevant football team, and then, we can, and then we'll spend time to properly talking about LeBron. As we should, because really, there's nothing else that happened in L.A. sports that warrants even more than a five-minute discussion. I'm Carlos. That's Dave. What's going this is on? A true story. Uh, it's been a, it's been a decent week. Uh, I, I did end up buying some aforementioned uh, LA Dodgers championship gear. About damn time. Uh, you know what I was really annoyed with though. Uh, so I don't know. I'm sure you're aware of this because one, you are knowledgeable in the ways of the world. I am. And two, you online shop. Mm. Uh, did you know there's a different MLB shop for uh, Canada and the United States? Yes, it's uh, it, so the difference is uh, MLB Shop US is MLB Shop and MLB Shop Canada is Bargain Basement MLB Shop. Yes. Yeah, which is which is pretty much it. Correct. So I went on to the MLB uh, Canada shop, mm-hmm. right? Okay, put in an order again. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? There's so much more stuff that they have on the other one. Yep. Uh, even championship gear. Correct. That I would like. And sometimes mm-hmm. they don't have the size or whatever. So I was like, okay. Plus, I want to get something for George which they only had on the U.S. site. Mm-hmm. And then I went, so I was like, okay, well, I'll just put in two orders, whatever. That's fine. I can do that. Uh, yep. Nope. The uh, U.S. store will not ship that stuff to Canada. Of course not. No, absolutely not. They want you to go to the Canadian shop, which doesn't yeah. have the stuff. Which is bullshit, Carlos. Oh, okay. You know what? I actually have. I, so you know what? This oh, wait, is an opportunity. Go ahead. Can I, can I go? go ahead. I need to finish them because it relates to something we've, we've talked about forever. I may be in the same maybe even a worse situation eventually maybe not right now but mm-hmm. eventually than you carlos mm. the the championship dvd which i tried to order mm. is only is in hd first of all mm. but second of all uh, is only available on the u.s store so i might not be able to get my uh, hd championship dvd carlos well fortunately with the green bay Packers super bowl although although really i should let you stew and suffer which is the right thing to do. As a, as a proper friend, that is what I should allow you to do. But I will tell you that I am, I am in the process of doing some examinations, some, some experiments. And if I am correct, if I complete this process, I may have a solution to this problem. Pick a new team? Well, that would help. But there's another solution to this problem, a different solution to this problem. I'm playing around right now on my own YouTube website. Uh, I'm playing on, uh, I'm looking at a couple of different mail forwarding options that allow you to have a U.S. address, which in turn allows you to order shit, gets it sent to the U.S. address from where you can have them ship it to you. Okay. So that would kind of resolve the problem. It's like the equivalent of having an American friend who can order it for you. But instead, they do it professionally. But at the same time, they also do it professionally, which means you don't have to rely on a flaky friend. This is good. Yeah. So uh, uh, we'll talk more once I get a chance to finally complete it. And I'll also inquire as well, because I would be shocked if you couldn't buy swag. They tend to focus on cards mostly, but it's one of those things where I wouldn't be I wouldn't be have a problem asking like, hey, if I ordered some like sports swag, would you take it in and ship it to me? And if the answer is yes, well, there you go. Problem solved. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be a simple way. And if it's a good service right now, half the service is good. I can vouch for half. But then the other half, I got to complete it. So I'm doing a review and I'll do a video about the whole review and everything as well. Nice. That's part of what I'm doing. But I got to finish trying it out. Right now, I'm halfway through the process of trying it out. I'll report back my findings. And that might be a solution to your problem. I appreciate it. But I will tell you this because this is just a, a golden thing that happens in life. Uh, so one of the, I got uh, so what they did have on the Canadian website is they had uh, three onesies for George, uh, you know, as a package, mm-hmm. right? So I was going to order the championship, like, you know, World Series championship onesie for him. 
but instead I ordered the package of three for the same price that it would have paid for just the World Series one. So there was a win there. Mm. Uh, otherwise, uh, it's been a good week. I totally even sort of forgot about Halloween. I've never been a huge Halloween guy. Obviously, I went when I was a kid and went on trick-or-treating and all that stuff. But, you know, it, it's it's weird because it's obviously not the same because of, of COVID. But I don't really miss much, very much of that. Uh, but the one th- cool thing we did is uh, in town here, they have uh, the BIA does a scarecrow walk mm. where the, each like local business puts up a scarecrow. And then if you can win prizes and whatnot, well, the kids can. Uh, obviously, George is too young for that. But we did go... Uh, my mom, uh, my wife, and my son and I went and did that walk. It was pretty cool. So mm. props, to, props to the Waterdown BIA for that. Exciting, exciting. How was your uh, week, my friend? I was all right. I think uh, work settled down for the most part. Now it's just we settled into a bit of a routine. It's one of those deals where I, I think it's just because we're getting close to November. We're getting close to the end of the year. Uh, we're gonna get into the holidays and stuff. We did do our Halloween parties via via Microsoft Teams, as you do. So so I had a so I had a so I had a spooky background for it because basically it's like, oh Carlos, you can do you can wear a costume or you can put a spooky background. Spooky background it is. To the Google, what's the least amount of effort I can do? I'm gonna download this picture and put it in the background. All right, all right. Did you pick the first picture that came up? Uh, I think for one of them I picked the first picture, and then for the because there were two different ones. There was one for my specific team, and then there's one for the team in general because there's two different groups. Yeah. Um. So you couldn't use the same one for both because they both were slightly different. Um, but yeah, I had one with just a generic like a, like a witch and like some ghosts floating up and like some pumpkins and stuff. So that was one. And then the other one was uh, was like the sign from uh, Camp Crystal Lake, from nice. the actual Camp Crystal Lake in New Jersey. I so forgot. it was supposed to be a movie reference. Uh, it was supposed to be a movie reference. So I put it there. I'm like, I'm not going to explain what it is. Read it. I like it. I would have appreciated that if I was yeah. meaning because I would have got that. Yeah, exactly. So, so that was the whole point. for that one. Yeah, that was the, the whole point was to be like, all right, you want a movie reference? Here you go. This is a, that's all, and I'm not going to explain it until you guys figure it out. It took a couple of moments, and then they figured it out, and then I said, yeah, this is the actual place in New Jersey where they filmed it, and they put up a real sign for it. Now it's a tourist attraction. You can go hang out if you really want to. And they're like, have you ever been there? I'm like, no, I haven't visited New Jersey to go visit Camp Crystal Lake. Have you even been in New Jersey? No. Yeah, exactly. Why, right? why, why on planet Earth? Listen, New Jersey's, I'm sure, perfectly fine. But it's no sunny, scenic Tonawanda. A few places are, Carlos. A few yeah. places are. Although the Tonawanda story did come up in a meeting this week. And then I got to explain the story of sunny, scenic Tonawanda. You know what? It's amazing the staying power of sunny, scenic Tonawanda. It's it's the story that keeps on giving. It's the, you know, it's it's the hilarity of it. It's the enjoyment. You know, you got to do it. I will say one other thing, though, not related to that. I did get down one of my YouTube standard YouTube rabbit holes. And our good friends at Retro Ontario, you you may be familiar with that YouTube I am channel. Familiar, I am familiar with Retro yeah. Ontario. So there were a couple of different things on there. And they actually did like a YTV Fright Night live stream last night. I don't know if you caught that. They did like, did they not, clipped but... together some clips from, uh, you remember YTV used to do the Fright Night or whatever it was yeah. called? Something like Dark Night. Dark Night is what it was. But yeah, it was like the Halloween themed, you know, whatever. And they would do like a little skit. They would be interspersed between shows and all that stuff. And then they had a bunch. But what they, although they didn't include the shows, they would include the little skits and then put a bunch of the old commercials from the time period that was done appropriately to the time period. So you got a lot of Goosebumps commercials, a lot of uh, Maniac Mansion commercials, and a lot of uh, uh, Eerie Indiana, and a lot of the shows that YTV was playing at the time, and I just started chuckling. I watched it for about five or ten minutes, and then I was like, all right, this is enough of these commercials. I'm, I'm <laughs> I saw them the first time. We're good. It's a little neat, though. 
Yeah, it was, and it was like a, it was a live stream. You could kind of tune in and watch it. You could fast forward or go backwards anytime you wanted. And they would they were airing it all evening. Like it was for like five or six hours. They were airing it, uh, kind of just as an ongoing uh, play playback. Uh, so that was kind of cool. But Retro Ontario has a lot of interesting stuff on there, including old commercials and all that. But one of the areas that I got into that made me chuckle a little bit, I had some fun with it, was uh, they had a lot of epi- They had some old episodes of Electric Circus. Do you remember Electric Ooh, Circus? I do remember Electric Circus. Yeah, so I watched a couple of the episodes just to get a bit of a chuckle. And I was like, oh, man. Well, two things I come to conclusion of this. Number one, I'm old. Number two, read number one. <laughs> because I was like, yeah, I remember this shit. <laughs> I remember when this episode aired or when this specific whatever, this band was on there or this per- because it was a lot of dance music. But it was on Friday nights they used to play this or on Saturdays sometimes as well uh, because that was the original run of Electric Circus. But here's the thing that, that shocked me that I didn't realize. Do you know when they aired the last regular series episode of Electric Circus? No, uh, I, I have no idea. That was an extensive time delay for that. You could have gone with no. Anyway, uh, 2003 was the last time they aired an episode of Electric Circus. And I was like, 17 years ago? Am I that old? Wow. That ma- oh. You just made me feel super old. But you know who was hosting the last episode, though? Amanda Walsh. No. Ooh. Amanda Walsh. And what's she like, doing? Oh, she, she's been. Uh, she, Amanda Walsh is in her 40s at this point. Oh man! So, she, so she's so she's got a family. She's got a kid and everything. And I I, I was like, oh my god! I, I was basically the same. Like, what happened to Amanda Walsh? I just started typing it in, and then I found the Instagram. I was like, yeah, I'm old. Ah, uh, memories. <laughs> yeah. And I think the co-host was Rainbow Sun Franks. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know. Yeah. And it was like, and I was like, I remember Rainbow Sun Franks, and I was like, crap. I don't. Oh, I do. I remember. He was he was one of those ones in the early two thousands they had on there, and I was like, wow. Ooh, ooh, that was a, that was an interesting rabbit hole to go down. I was like, man, that was a long time ago. Ooh, and then watching some of the mid '90s ones, I was like, oh man, that was a long time ago. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I saw that shit. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had that, and then um, I think they also had episodes of like some of the episodes of like Ed the Socks Late Night Party or whatever it was. Nice, I remember and I, that. Yeah, and also, but it was funny because I was like, yeah, one of the one of the people I went to elementary school with was on that show as a dancer. And I was like, yep. Hashtag, we're old. And that's how you know. Good old Retro Ontario reminded me that. That's a, that was, it was an interesting rabbit hole for a little bit, though. I got kicked out of it because, it because it kind of brought me also, it also kind of prompted me to look at it. Yeah, so when exactly did Much Music stop being a music channel, like officially, 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 right, when yeah. they went to Much? I think it was like 2006, 2007. I'm like, man, it's been like 14 years. Jeez. Damn. Some of the students in Dave's class weren't even born. Damn. I know. I've, I've, I do that every once in a while. I'll make a reference to something, and the kids will kind of give me a strange look. And then, I, right? I think it was one time I referenced, I referenced Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Remember that show? Oh, God. D- d- dude, That that's that's really asking for it. But I didn't realize it was that old, right? It was and so old. And so then I was like, all right, just let me Google this. So I Googled it. This was a few years ago, mind you. It wasn't like yeah. this year. But still. And I Googled it, and it's like, oh. That show ended the year before you were born. <laughs> yeah, correct. That is factually correct. Yes, yes, indeed. While you're at it, why don't you why don't you ask him about you know Boy Meets World, the original show? I knew. See that one, I knew though. I knew it was that old for whatever reason. <laughs> I didn't realize Hanging with Mr. Cooper was that old. It's like, what's your favorite episode of Family Matters? It's like Full House, yeah, no, crickets, nothing. 
Well, Dang. the Full House they might get now though because of the new one. So they did make a remake. That's true. They did make right. like a like Fuller a continuation House. remake or whatever. Yeah. So that, that that might that reference may not go over everybody's head. Well, they did do a uh, they did do a continuation series of Boy Meets World as well. Uh, it was Girl Meets World. Yeah, but did anybody watch that? Yeah, whoever had like Disney or Family Channel or whatever was on. Oh, it was on something enough. like that. All right, all right. Well, yeah, it wasn't like a regular TV, but demographically probably. Question mark? I don't know. They got Corey and Topanga back, so that that's cool. So uh, yeah, what are you gonna do? Oh, exactly. But, yeah, exactly. So you know, you know, you know, the show's been on. You know, the show was too damn long ago when they did the original series set in high school. They they did the college years. Basically, they had the continuation of the series in college. And then they and then they were able to do a revival episode where it's like, yeah, so now you have teenage children. And I'm like, dang. <laughs> All right. So there you go. This this segment is brought to you by hashtag we're old. Exactly. Indeed. All right. So let's get into some. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's do the self-indulgent uh, Dodgers talk. What do you got to say about your loser team finally winning a thing? The, well, you can't call them loser team now. They actually did win something. No, they're still kind of losers. I, and they I, didn't. They, they, I mean, they, there was a mo- there were, there were moments. Believe me, throughout the playoff, well, throughout the the NLCS, and a couple times in the World Series, where I was like, "Here we go again." Uh, but they didn't fuck it up. Well, I think I think uh, in fairness, the the narrative is like um, the the Dodgers got eight out Dave Roberts. Pretty it's much, like, he's like, "I have taken your lessons, Mister Roberts, and now I am the teacher." Well, you know, and, and this I think this goes to a larger point as, as to one of the four things ish I want to talk about this series. I know you only want to talk about it for five minutes, so see how much we can cram in there. Uh but I'll like, give you more than five minutes, but it better be good. But was my brother's text to me and he said he, his response was like, you know, he made some kind of congratulatory remarks about the, the Dodgers, you know, I'm happy they won for you or whatever kind of thing. And then he was like, I hate baseball. And and his reason he said that is because of of you know analytics. Right. And, and what they're, they're doing to the game. Right. And that also goes to the point of view where you're like, never go full money ball. And, and I feel that you're just going to keep taking, I love this. Just it's, I feel like I'm on CNN now where it's like every time somebody says something, but that, but you realize if you realize that my doing this means that you have to force your brother to watch this episode. I will. Oh, for sure. I will. Like, like literally if you have to physically force him in front of a screen, you must do it. I, I got you, man. I got yeah. you. Like it's the right uh, thing to do. Right. But, but it was, it was that it was, it, you know, the thing that bugged me about it most, and obviously I'm happy that Kevin Cash did it because I feel that's the largest reason the Dodgers won that game. Right. And even the Dodger players, especially Mookie Betts was like, as soon as he took uh, Blake Snell out, we're like, whew, we got this now. Right. Like they felt a sense of relief when he came out of the game. Now, you know, before the game, Kevin Cash says, you know, we're, we're not just going to go strictly on the numbers. We're going to do the eye test, whatever. And he, and he, you know, did a whole big thing about that in his in his pregame interviews, uh, probably multiple times. And then when, you know, he gets one on in the, was it the sixth? Yeah. I think that's right, yeah. Right? He get, he's, I think he's got one out and one on in the sixth. And here comes Kevin Cash. And you're like, why are you taking this guy out? They've, they've had two guys hit for the entire game. Both, you know, not great contact, kind of like blue you know, lucky kind of singles. Right. And the next three guys that are coming up, you've already struck out twice each. Mm-hmm. Right now, obviously, obviously we'd all look like, you know, you, you second guess yourself because it, it blew up in his face, but mm-hmm. it hadn't blown up in his face. 
you know, then fair enough. It might it might have worked out. My whole thing, other th- the other part of that though is why did he bring? Why did he bring? It was Anderson they brought in. I, think. I believe I, I can look it up, but I believe that's right. Right? I, and it's like, why are you bringing Anderson? Like to me, I'm like bringing Diego Castillo. That's well, look, to, to me. Why bring in anybody? Let the man pitch. No, I agree. Like, like based on pitch count, based on the timing of the situation, generally speaking, yes, you don't want the guy to start getting hit all of a sudden. But if they start hitting him, hitting him hard, then yes, then you then you respond accordingly and do something. But it's like the the urge was strong. It, it felt like in the course of the game that he was looking for an excuse to pull him rather than being like, well, let's make sure we need to pull him at the appropriate moment. You have to gauge the situation. Yeah. If the guy is not in no danger, then don't pull him. Right. Uh, you know, and I, like the same, it's the same thing. I have no issue with somebody even being in the bullpen. Like, you know, somebody warming up. So if something goes, like you can put him in right away. That was my suggestion for the Dodgers. If you remember my exact words were have somebody ready you did in the that. event there's an issue because that way you don't have to wait too long a couple of pitches too long you can stall for a couple of moments and then have somebody out there almost immediately if you need to right that that's just now being they prudent did, they did do that yeah the, the, the raise but they didn't need to bring Blake Snell out they right like no. he wasn't in trouble no not in that situation uh you know I, I feel like especially if you're a Rays fan you probably must feel that that's unforgivable Right now, who knows uh, if a game seven, you know, if it went to game seven, who would have won? Also, who knows if there would have been, we might still be waiting based on what happened after the game. And we'll talk about that in a second. Um, You know, but let's put it this way in in terms of summing it up. First of all, I hate analytics when people just go strictly on the analytics. I feel there are things that obviously help the game and looking for, you know, undervalued players and things like that. Solid. Right. But. You know, when when your only defense of anything is war or this is what the numbers say, uh, I don't got I don't have a lot of respect for that because I feel even if it helps you win, it, it takes away the joy of the game. Right. I think it's one of the reasons, maybe not the only reason, but correct me if I'm wrong, because it speaks to me, but I think it speaks to you. But I want to make sure it actually does. OK, uh, is is why you, you find so much more joy sometimes in lower levels of the game. I, the reason I enjoy, the reason I enjoy lower levels of the game is actually very simple. Um, it really comes down to in those lower levels of the game, what you're getting is it still can be a professional game. That's super key. Like it can still be professional baseball, but because they don't have the um, because they don't have the requirements of television, because they're not accommodating to television. They're not interspersing commercial. They're not trying to monetize every second of the game. We're actually just playing baseball. And in the course of it, you've got some standard stuff. You've got, you know, you've got banners out in the outfield. You've got, they're not immune to the necessity of, of making a living and making a money for the club. But at the same time, it's not being thrown in your face every three seconds. Maybe you put it on the program. Maybe you stick some logos on the ticket. Like you do stuff that you have, put it on the damn uniform. I don't care. But the, I then have a choice to ignore it if I don't want to. But the game itself is not being impacted. When every call to the bullpen necessitates basically a timeout, because if the guy was in the bullpen, and this is just logic, I'm being logical here. If the guy's in the bullpen warming up, by the time he comes out, he is warmed up. He doesn't need more than about two or three pitches just to get acclimated to the mound, and then he can start pitching. Mm-hmm. But the reason why he's re-warming up on the mound is because he needs to kill time. He needs to kill time in in terms of trying to be like, well, we're in commercial break anyway. So, you know, the reality is... When I'm watching the baseball product that is being presented to me on TV, I'm getting a product where I'm already paying for the cable 
or for the internet or for the streaming or for whatever, I'm already putting money in. And then in addition to that, um, I'm being forced to then watch additional commercials, additional things like I'm not buying the product. I don't, if I wanted the product, I'd buy the product. I'm inundated with ads all the time. I'm immune to them. You can show me a commercial. I'm not listening. I have the audio off because I don't want to listen to the commentators because they're terrible. So I'm not hearing your ad anyway. Like you can have the thing playing on the screen. I'm already back looking at my phone. So, you know, that's kind of the, the reality is the reality is that you're not going to get the same experience with the MLB product. And the unfortunate part is that that also has now gone into the live experience. So even when I go to a major league game live, I still get those uh, same commercials. I still get those same, you know, breaks. I still get those same television timeouts because the truth is no matter how you want to present it, it's not baseball. And I, it took me a minute. I need to make sure I got my, my banner proper. Yeah, no worries, man. We got the banner. It's, it's good. But you, but, see, I, but you see what I'm trying to get at? Right there yeah. in the bottom, in a nutshell, that's my issue. It's not real baseball. It's a baseball facsimile. It's an approximation. They're playing sort of baseball in stretches and then turning it off. And it's like, okay, so we're going to call to the bullpen. It's like, okay, well, then go get the guy in the bullpen, let him throw two or three pitches, and then get back to pitching. Mm-hmm. The, the delay shouldn't be more than about 30 seconds. You shouldn't have time to play a commercial because it's too fast. Baseball games, professional baseball games used to be under two hours. Under. And those pitchers pitched 50 million innings. That's true. So it's like, how did they do it? Well, because they weren't taking 5,000 breaks. Now, the reason that those pitchers were also pitching so many innings is because they also didn't throw 100% on every pitch. They were pitching. You could actually strike somebody out with an 80-mile-an-hour fastball if you really wanted to, if you positioned it correctly, and you set it up with the previous pitches. You could totally do that. You don't need 100-mile-an-hour. You still yeah. could. Oh, you, there are pictures. Jamie Moyer's career lasted 400 years. He, he couldn't throw at 90 <laughs> for the second half of it. There was a time in his career where he could throw 90, 95 miles an hour. He was one of those guys. But then eventually he wasn't able to. And guess what? He kept pitching for years. He learned the art of finesse. Yeah. In his late 30s and early 40s, he was a 20-game winner. How? Well, because he knew how to pitch. Cy Young would not be Cy Young would have blown out his arm like 200 wins in because he would have been forced to throw 100 miles an hour and he would have blown out his arm. So would Walter Johnson. So would a lot of these guys. Yeah, Walter Johnson. Walter Johnson was the guy that they think could throw kind of similar to today's like fireball pitchers. But at the same time, he didn't throw 100 percent on every pitch. Otherwise, he would have blown out his arm just like everybody else. The only genetic freak that threw 100% all the time and still somehow lasted was Nolan Ryan. That's it. Everybody else that threw that many innings and th- play, pitched in that many games and had that many complete games, every one of them had their arm fly off its socket. Yeah. E- every and, one and, of them. Right, and as, as you said, like Nolan, Nolan Ryan was a genetic freak. In, in that yeah, because, because otherwise your alternative is that somehow magically, without medical science, without modern medicine, without any of the things that we have today, somehow the... People of the early 1900s, sorry, the people of the ni- the pitchers of the 19th century were genetically superior to the current ones. They were just better because mm-hmm. somehow they could keep pitching even after their arms fell off. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I think their arms didn't fall off, some of them, because they knew how to pitch properly. They yep. knew how to pitch intelligently. And when they figured that out, they're like, wait, do I, so I don't have to throw 100% on every single pitch. I just need to get the guy out. Yeah, the job is actually get the guy out. I don't care if you throw a hundred. Well, I think I think part of that is the the focus on the strikeout as well today. Now, 
right? More so than it, it's it's not so much that you have to get the guy out, but you you have to strike him out. Yeah, and the thing is, that's not necessarily good pitching. That's not efficient pitching necessarily. You don't have to do that. You could, but there's no real reason. So to put it in perspective, Cy Young had 2,800 strikeouts. So not quite 3,000, but pretty good. But he also won 511 games. Yep. And his career ERA was 2.63. Those are That's pretty fantastic numbers. There's a reason the award is named after him. Yeah, like it's it's pretty good. It'll work. And that was the thing. Like he was never like a big strikeout guy, but he would win. And he'd win game after game, year after year, do it consistently, and do it well. And – he pitched 7,000 innings in his career. Mm-hmm. Today, you can't do that throwing 100% unless you do, in fact, enjoy having Tommy John every other year. That's basically the way, that's basically the way it was. Well, I'm I mean, look, to... at, look at all the pitchers now that, you know, have Tommy John coming out of college or, or going into college, have it as a teenager. Yeah. And right, when they don't other... need it, they're just like, ah, it's probably going to happen eventually, so why not have it now? Yeah, and I was, looking for the other, I was looking for the other stat here. I found it. He had 749 complete games in his career. That's insane. 749 complete games. That's how you get 500 wins. When you have complete game after complete game after complete game, the result's yours. You're going to have the results because you're going to be the guy. And then you well, look at... number two on that list? On complete games? Yeah. I'm curious uh, to see where the, where the, where the drop-off occurs. Well, it's going to be another guy in that era. I'll find it. I'll find it. But in the meantime, you get kind of my general point, though. Like, yeah. th- that's, my thesis here is that Major League Baseball right now is a painful exercise to watch because of that. That's really the rationale for it. And, it's, and again, it's not that I hate baseball. To the contrary. I love baseball. I enjoy baseball. I get great personal pleasure in the little things. I get great personal pleasure in watching this guy play. Dave knows. That's one Soto he's filling up. That's a card. It's it's a it's a one Soto card. A lot of gold on it, and it's one of ten. Beautiful. It's so pretty. But anyway, the point is that I still love the game of baseball. But Major League Baseball tries its best to wreck it for me. Is baseball and, your favorite, or is football your? favorite? Oh no, baseball is way my favorite. Yeah. Easily, not even close. All right, not even close. Um, yeah, so I'll find it here. But in the meantime, let's keep okay. talking. So, so let me go on, and I'll, I guess I'll I'll tell you the the sort of one one point I want to make about the Dodgers and and sort of where and what I did this week is something I've never done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I called in to MLB Network Radio uh, on their morning show. Goddamn, son! And I got in. Uh, I was this. They they were taking calls, and I I called, and I was the second person on. Uh, so I didn't even have to like I I wasn't even late for work. I was able to do the call on my drive. Uh, so it was with uh, Steve Phillips and CJ Nikowski. Mm-hmm. And the, the point they were making or the, the, trying to get people to call in was, is there an asterisk on the season? Or or is there, more importantly, an asterisk on the Dodgers championship on the World Series? And, my, and I said, no, absolutely not. There, there isn't. And I said, the reason is, is because you can only play what's in front of you and you can only deal with what's in front of you, right? And I said, it's, it's interestingly enough, that this has already happened to the Dodgers once. Their 1981 World Series, where they beat the Yankees, uh, happened uh, in a similar situation to the sense that the season was different and stuff had happened that had never happened before, right? It was a strike uh, season, right? Mm-hmm. And, had, and the strike was in the middle of the season. Yep. So what they ended up doing is they had the division series for the first time, and the way they did it that time was the winner of the first half of the season in the division, where they still had just East and West, yeah. played the winner of the division in the second half. So You're that talking was, about 1981, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you mean, my, didn't didn't I reference this already? Like in a previous podcast? Okay, just I'm making just, sure. I was I'm like, just going through my call. Okay, fine. So, 
Uh, so you right? did you did cite Carlos's brilliance in bringing this up, right? No, I didn't cite Carlos's brilliance. Oh, this is lame. All right, so like I said, read the screen. on air, man. You got to make the screen. Read the screen. I see. I read it. Everyone needs to know this is what's actually happening now. Please continue. Um, but but the point is right is that that the you know the Expos played the Phillies the Dodgers played uh, whoever they played I can't remember who they played and then the the Expos end up playing the Dodgers Blue Monday happened Dodgers go to the World Series to beat the Yankees. Uh, there's no asterisk on 1981 and there shouldn't be any asterisk on 2020. Um, I said the only thing that that makes it weird for me uh, in terms of, I mean the Dodgers are the best team and they played like the best team and they played like the best team throughout the playoffs and Tampa Bay was the best record in the American League. So, you know what I mean? It may, would it have been different? Would we have felt it if it had been, you know, uh, Blue Jays versus Brewers in the World Series? Probably. Although you still have to get through the playoff format, so maybe not. Mm. But the point is, the only asterisk thing that there is to me is, is how I feel about it afterwards. Mm. I don't think you can do anything that takes away from the championship on the field and the way they played. Uh, right? But, but the whole Justin Turner testing positive for COVID and then coming back on the field and then taking a bunch of pictures with no mask on, kissing his, his wife, who may or may not be infected already, uh, right? Sitting beside Dave Roberts, who is a cancer survivor, who has an elevated risk of catching COVID-19 because he's a cancer survivor, mm-hmm. hugging a bunch of his teammates. And then and I, I, and, and then everyone's like, well, we wanted him on the field. He hasn't said anything about it uh, since. Mm-hmm. The only thing that, that he, we've really heard, he put a tweet out saying, you know, thanks for the good wishes. Well, he was still in in the you know five minutes he was in quarantine, and then he comes back on the field. And the way I feel about it now, it's like, am I allowed to celebrate this? Because, dude, what the fuck, man? Like Turner's like one of the best guys on the team, heart and soul kind of guy. And now I'm like, I don't even know if I like this guy anymore, mm. right? Because that was really really dumb. Mm. And and I think he takes and owns most of the responsibility for that but yeah. in the long run once he was tested positive he didn't he, I, it didn't look like he fought going off the field he went and he went and he isolated mm-hmm. fucking put him in a cab take him back to the hotel or straight onto a plane and fly him home whatever you got to do but there's no reason that you he should ever have to make a decision to come back on the field so you're suggesting that major league baseball spearheaded by this Did not take the lead in making sure that the situation was proper, that the situation was correct, that he that the decision making was taken out of the man's hands because not to be morbid about this, but it would serve them right if someone got sick and I mean horrifically sick and suffered because of Justin Turner's actions. It would serve them right. That would be poetic justice. And I'm sure that would take some of the wind out of the sails like whose fault is that? There's a lot of responsibility to go around. I'm just for me, like for me, I don't. Here's the thing. Here's the interesting thing. I take the COVID situation seriously in the sense that a lot of us in Canada do. Not everybody, but a lot of us do. Uh, not because I'm particularly worried about myself, but it is because you have to be wary of these things. And I, like a lot of folks, have different people in our families and extended families that would be very, uh, that would not do well to to catch COVID in situations like that. So that's kind of we're thinking of the we're thinking mostly of those people. Absolutely. As, as far as Justin Turner, I don't care if he infects the whole damn team; they all die. I don't care. That's not going to bother me in the slightest. But then I would point all the responsibility to Justin Turner. Because like I said, but also Major League Baseball has a responsibility there to like think. As soon as you've got a player like that, it is the league's job, as far as I'm concerned, to make sure you take care of the arrangements. You test it positive, get out. It's for your own good, it's for everybody's good. Just go home, get out. 
They should have bought. They should have bought. They should have gotten him the damn plane ticket. Just go, Vamos. I I think I hold the league responsible for not taking that out of the Dodgers' hands. It shouldn't even be the Dodgers' call at that point. I'd be like, nope, you're out. See you later. And then you wouldn't have that issue. Do you get yeah, what I'm saying? I mean, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I totally I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, everything you're saying there is, is because, right? Because it didn't, ha- I mean, I blame Turner for making a thing, mm-hmm. but I also blame MLB for, you know, having the opportunity to prevent it from ever being a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It didn't, it didn't have to be a thing at all. Uh, and they, they gave him a choice. Kind of. I mean, they didn't really. They said, you know, get off the field or whatever. But but somehow he got back on the field. Like, how do you get back on the field? There, there's that question, too. Well, um, I think he's going to be suspended. I think he's going to be fine. And I think the Dodgers, I think that sh- is fair and should happen. And I also think that uh, the Dodgers should be fine. The thing that I think that pisses me off the most is there's no contrition right now. J- Turner hasn't said he's sorry in any kind of, in, in at all. Mm-hmm. And neither has the Dodgers organization. And I feel... Both of those things need to happen. I'm not yeah. sure if they will based nope. on the individuals involved. No. But I've definitely at the very least, uh, there's a lot of people that I lost a lot of respect for in, in the span of, you know, 20 minutes. Yeah. No, I get you. But the reality is that right now, like I said, professional sports is dealing with this weird like middle ground because they say what they need to say, but they don't take it seriously. They don't. They kind of do what they have to do to avoid legal liability. Now, mind you, by letting them on the field, you've reopened legal liability. Like I said, it just takes one person who's particularly vulnerable to it to die from it. It could be a family member. It could be a friend. And if we trace it back to Justin Turner on the field at that moment, which wouldn't be hard to do, we've got it on tape. (laughs) So it wouldn't take much. So then I say let them sue Justin Turner. Make him personally responsible for it because it's like, well, why were you there? Oh, I had to celebrate my teammates. Who cares? It's your problem. Celebrate well, via Zoom call. And you, you know what I mean? Like they're not, they've already announced, which is makes total sense. They're not going to have a parade mm-hmm. uh, right now until, you know, they, they can, and it's safe to do so, which I think, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's more on the Dodgers organization or the city of Los Angeles. I'm not sure, but uh, city. yeah, but, but you know what I mean? Like you, you're going to be, you're by that point, by the time they have a parade, if they ever do, you, if you're, if you're, if you don't die from it, which I hope you don't, you'll be healthy enough to be part of the parade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. No, I get it. I mean, there are other opportunities. Yeah. I think it just uh, comes down that the consequences haven't been sufficient yet. Like no. in all honesty, the reality is just, there haven't been sufficient consequences. And until a high profile individual gets sick and either dies or has reduced lung capacity, which is another thing that has occurred, which would basically end their career. If it ends someone's career in major league baseball, or one of the other professional sports because, oh, well, they didn't die. But yeah, but their career's over. Which they is actually can't. That, that, that could happen. Yeah. And if something like that happens, then it's all of a sudden like alarm bells go off for some of the major players. Wait, my livelihood is actually in danger. I'm no longer, because for them, it's like, well, I'm healthy enough that I should live through it. Yeah. But if your livelihood is threatened, if the, re- if the possibility is such that it could damage your lungs to the point you can't play anymore, then all of a sudden it's reality will hit it, will strike in. Like, wait a minute, hold on. Now where some of those teammates come up now, some of those teammates, as soon as somebody gets sick, it's like, oh, quarantine yourself, get out. And then the pressure will come from within and from the outside at the same time. The pressure yeah. has to come from in the inside too. It can't just be from the outside only. No. And I'd say two more points on this. So one, Justin Turner is also a player rep, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who has had multiple quotes on the record about how 
important the protocols are. He thinks they're very important, Dave. Uh, Very important protocols. The second point is, I mean, he is going to face some sort of punishment, no doubt. Uh, And I'm 98% sure that the Dodgers are going to face some sort of punishment. Right. Which I I both think is fair and warranted. But here's the problem. Major League Baseball is not going to have any kind of, you know, responsibility here where they should have some. And then there's not going to be a punishment there. But did you see Joe Kelly's comments about it? So he's basic. He basically said, "I'm not surprised he caught COVID." Uh, we and then he started talking about the hotel they stayed at, which was on a golf resort, and there were like people inside and outside the hotel all the time. He said his his hotel room overlooked the 18th green, and he said there were people there all the time. Yeah. So my thing is like, for, okay, so if that's the case, there was no bubble, right? Dave, Dave, where was the World Series held? <sighs> Texas. Arlington, Texas. But where was the NBA held in, in Orlando, and and they managed to get through that? Yeah, and but Adam Adam Adam, Adam Silver Adam Silver took it a little bit more seriously. He's like, no, when I say bubble, I mean none of you come in or out unless we check. You know, I honestly feel uh, I think the NHL did a great job too. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, obviously, they were in Canada where the the cases were a lot lower at the time. Uh, it still are, but obviously rising now. Uh, but yeah, if anyone, like, commissioner-wise in terms of sports and how they're handling COVID, I feel Adam Silver is the gold star for that. Yeah, that's and the thing is it's, it was out of necessity because he knew that some of the players were a lot more reluctant in basketball to do it, so they had to have those assurances, whereas some of these other ones were like, well, we're too stupid, we'll just do whatever. Because Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball's got its own issues because they're probably going to be facing a labor war coming up in this next year. Yes. And yes, we'll, we'll kind of allude into that in a second. But let me quickly uh, close off one of the points that we made earlier. Sure. Uh, so just for complete games, uh, I was scanning the list a little earlier as, as you were chatting. Um, and I was looking at it. Yeah. So Cy Young is obviously number one. But then Pud Galvin. And I'm going to read off a bunch of names. Stop me when you, when you think one of these is not in the 19th or early 20th century. Uh, Pud, Ga- Pud Galvin, Tim Keith. Kid Nichols, Walter Johnson, Bobby Matthews, Mickey Welsh, Old Hoss Rathburn. <laughs> Love that name. John Clarkson, Tony Mullane, Jim McCormick, Gus Wayhing, Pete Alexander, Christy Matthewson, Jake Powell, Eddie Plank, Will White, Amos Rusi, Vic Willis, the incredible Tommy Bond, Warren Spahn, He's the, he's the only guy like in the 1960s um, so far. Uh, Jim Whitey, White, oh, sorry, Jim Whitney, Adonis uh, Terry, Ted Lyons, George Mullen, Jim Buffin, Chick Frazier, Clark Griffith, Red Ruffing, Silver King. Really? Silver King? Amazing. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Al Orth. Point, point taken, though, Carlos. Like, the reason none of you have heard of any of these is because you got to look on the back of your T. You got to look on the front of your T two hundred six card to check most of these guys out. Some for some of them, you got to look back to the old judge cards. Google that shit. It's been a while. Most of these guys. So, in all seriousness, the next like modern ish, and we're still talking golden era baseball guy, is you got to get to number thirty eight, Robin Roberts, then Gaylord Perry, and then you got to get the Lefty Grove who pitched in the thirties. Early win, who's the 49th. So you're almost in the top 50. Bob Feller. Let me scroll here. Mordecai Brown is 60th. Ferguson Jenkins, number 63 on the list. 
Yeah. So Ch- you're just ahead of the infamous ice box Chamberlain. <laughs> oh, the man, the good old baseball names, eh? Ice box Chamberlain who died in 1929. Woo. God, God rest his soul. Ice box Chamberlain. Yep. He seemed, he seemed like a decent pitcher, but his career was over by the time he was 28 in 1896. Ice box Chamberlain. I wonder if there's any Icebox Chamberlain cards that exist. Mayhaps. This seems like an old judge kind of guy. That would be my guess. Icebox Chamberlain. Now I'm fascinated. Please continue. Yeah. Well, I wish there was much more to say, but that in terms of the World Series and the dot and all that kind of jazz, uh, you know, that's that's where I leave it. I think the Dodgers have an excellent chance to to repeat. They'll be there. They'll be in the in the mix of it next year if there is a next year, because with Rob Manfred, you never know. Uh, also. That the presentation of the commissioner's trophy and the MVP were horrible, yeah. like absolutely horrible to the point where I thought he was having a stroke when he was announcing uh, Corey Seager's uh, MVP. Also well deserved for Corey Seager. Yeah, and now it's and now that we're in free agency and qualifying offers and all that jazz, uh, MLB since they've lost three point one billion dollars uh, this season has said basically. Uh, if you're a mid-range to low-range guy, we're not going to qualify you at the money that we said we're going to pay you. See uh, Cleveland and Carlos Santana, who was had a $17.5 million qualifying off fire, which they can. And Brad Hand, their closer, who I think led the league in saves this year. Uh, he definitely yeah. was did, did a good job saving games for Cleveland this year, who was a $10 million qualifying off offer. Uh, which they declined. But here's the thing. They're actually paying people to pay them less money, right? That cost them to get out of Carlos Santana, it cost them $500,000. Uh, and to get out of Brad Hand cost them $1 million. Uh, yep. And obviously there are other examples of this throughout the league. And I think there's going to be more as the days go ahead. But it's like, we're going to pay you uh, $500,000. So we don't have to pay you $17.5 But in a lot of cases, like, well, we still kind of want you on the team. So are you willing to accept less money? I think it's going to be a lot. It's really interesting to see, especially for a lot of these the mid-tier guys, uh, what they end up signing for and for how long. That's fair. I think that's reasonable. That makes sense. Icebox! Love it. Good old Elton Chamberlain. You can get yourself an 1887 Old Judge Cigarettes Icebox Chamberlain. A hero to us all. Uh, and that is what Carlos is showing on the screen right now. Yes. That card. Uh, so how much is that worth? Well, what it's worth is relative. Uh, what they're asking for right now is four ninety nine. Seems a little high to me, but mind you, some of those old judge cards are kind of tough, and it's a decent condition example. I like so, it. So, so not if terrible. I had an extra five hundred bucks just kicking around, I'd probably buy it. But if they took if they took best offer, I'd, I'd probably make an offer. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Icebox Chamberlain. Icebox. Sweet man, that's sweet. He goes in the all appliance team with Refrigerator Perry. Now there should be an appliance team. I kind of want that to be a thing. Yeah, let's, you know. Icebox and refrigerator. What else we got? How, how deep does that team go? Does it go deeper than two guys? There's got to be an oven somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. there's got to be an oven somewhere in some sport. I have no idea. But anyway, so there you go. There's your Icebox Chamberlain moment. Um, but the But yeah, no, the reality of it is, is that we'll see how the end of this year goes because now that the season itself got to its conclusion, because like I said, Everything got messed with. Baseball is the only one that sort of finished its season around-ish the normal time. 
Yeah, I mean, this is when they would have finished it anyway. Maybe exactly. So from that maybe perspective, maybe into this weekend potentially. Yeah, but. maybe. But from that perspective, like for them, they at least have some time to figure out the reset. But by February would be the time that spring training would start getting going. So it's kind of interesting to see now what happens because some of those machinations you're talking about, where the owners are now pleading poverty again, um, we're left with the same general problem because the players are like, "Well, that isn't our problem. You guys screwed up because." you've built this model where apparently you keep claiming you never make money and then you keep wanting us to take the blame for that. Well, it's like, why don't you do better? Yeah. Why don't you have better revenue streams? Why don't you do better job monetizing <laughs> different things? Why don't you make a better product for thing? Because our job is to play. And if we're playing and we're playing under the rules you provided, why is it our fault that you guys claim you can't make money? Yeah. You're supposedly good business people. When does that start? This is fair. Yeah. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the reality that the, that a lot of these people have to have to encounter because it's just the truth. Make mm -hmm. sense? Absolutely. Cool. All right. All right. So, shall we shall we move on to your NFL talk, Carlos? We will in a second, but first, one quick segue. So earlier this, I want to say this week, it might have been the week before, the Dallas Stars uh, actually um, did a uh, did a teaser for the new jerseys. Okay. And it looked like it was going to be uh, it was going to be like a black jersey, which is like okay, that's cool. Because um, when it comes to the black jerseys, a lot of uh, a lot of Dallas Star fans have a lot of fun memories of some of the different black jerseys through history. So I don't know, allow me for a moment to to take you on a quick history down memory lane. So this was the early Dallas Star black jersey. This was a carryover. This is actually a carryover from Minnesota. So there's a couple of variations, but this is one of the earlier ones. The reason you can tell is that the last Minnesota North Star jersey looks a lot like this. The only differentiator is that you have these shoulder patches here with the Dallas. But if you remove the shoulder patches, that's basically the last Minnesota North Star jersey. Okay. Then they made a modification to it where obviously the shoulder patches got in, but then obviously the word Dallas showed up here. Right. So that became the thing. Above, above the word stars. Correct. But for the most part, it stayed. It, they they might they changed the color of this to make this white because this is kind of the color scheme that they used on the Minnesota North Star. That's why I say this is kind of the in-between. Right. This is almost like a first-year Dallas Star jersey, basically, when they made the transition over from Minnesota. Okay. So this is kind of the in-between. And the key point is that people were kind of envisioning something like that as a retro. So a retro is a potential third jersey. But what ended up happening, and what makes me sad is that the way I found out about this was Oaks. Oaks pinged me on Facebook and sent me the link. And then as soon as I saw it, this is what I encountered. Let me show you. This. What? No. 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 It's neon, Dave. No, it's, it's so like, neon. No, that should never be worn on a hockey rink. That should never really be worn unless you're playing, I don't know, laser tag. So what you're saying is. Yes. Dear God, why? Oh, oh, it's it's OK. So what you have here for the people who can't see it, please Google it. Uh, you have, you know, a regular hockey jersey. It's black. Uh, it's uh, it's got the, the logo. Mm -hmm. uh, go back to the first picture so I can I can describe this for people again. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, right, so it's it's got the the D the star with the D in front of it. They have Texas behind that, uh, and a couple of uh, stripes. The, st the state of Texas, the shape of the state of Texas. Yeah. Uh, and then stripes on the arms, and it's it's like yeah, it, it's glow in the dark neon. Like this 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 takes me back to some like traumatic games of uh, laser tag that I've had in, in the past, Carlos. Like, what the fuck? No, just get that off my screen, please. Oh, I will in a moment. I will in a moment. Um, a second here. 
Why did anyone think that was a good idea? I do not understand. Right there, Dave. Yeah, Carlos explains why hockey shouldn't be in a rave. Please, Carlos. See, the key up. The key here, Dave, is that... So I'm just going to flip through a couple of these other pictures for those of you who have the benefit of video. This right and, here is... Honestly, if you don't, I, you're probably... This is one you should watch. It shouldn't watch. You should just listen to because of this right here. So what you're saying is avert your eyes. Yes, um, avert your eyes. So the, the, the problem here is, Dave, not only am I too old for a rave... When I was the correct age for a rave, I was too old for a fucking rave. It, there was no point in my life at which I was the correct age for a rave. It didn't matter. Like, I, I basically skipped over rave age. Like, it just never happened for me. Ever. Um, the thing is, I'm sure they thought this seemed like a cool idea, but it's like, Dave, I don't understand. I wanted this. <laughs> this is what I wanted. This is you're all I wanted. You're basically going the throwback to the first Dallas jersey. I just wanted them, or you could have done the one where the where the where the numbers and the and the A and whatever were white because that was basically what they were wearing circa the Stanley Cup years. Why don't you bring people back to the Stanley Cup memory years instead of whatever this is? Ugh, just please stop, Carlos. Now the key is uh, keeping down my my theory here, um, and I'm going to switch back to this one here. The key is that this is still this here is still not the worst years they've ever had. But it's close. It's very close. The worst jersey they ever had is still this guy. Yeah, that's pretty horrible. Yes, the infamous Mooderus. Yep. I, I'm not even going to explain this. Just just Google it. Yeah, just avert your eyes. See, th that's why I say, like, I can't even claim the neon one is the worst because I've still got the Mooderus. Yeah. And like, if you don't know what that means. You, you can Google that. that. You can go If you Google Mooderus jersey, <laughs> this will come up. And and it makes sense. It is like whoever whoever coined that term is bang on. That is not an old term. That is that, well, sorry, that is an old term. That was right at the time they came out. Everyone was like, and also they were asking, why red? Where did the red come in? Like, yeah. who, who even thought that was a good idea? Oh. I feel I feel so sorry for everyone in that franchise. So this segment was called "Dear God, Why." I'm keeping the heading. It can fit to so many things. So yes, yes, yeah. So hockey's not a rave, Dave. No, it's not a rave. It no. shouldn't be a rave. It should not be. Mm. If the ice girls want to have want to have neon clothing, that's fine. That's legit. But on the ice, for God's sake, what are the players going to wear? Going to flash around glow sticks? Is that the plan? Because at least that'd be funny for like a, for like one game. But but as a general thing, no. Like yeah, when are you exactly. going to use that stupid neon jersey? No, thank you. Get rid of it. And also, uh, the ne whole neon thing is going to look like shit when you actually are in properly lit arena. Like it's like if it's actually glow in the dark, that's kind of cool. But at the same time, only kind of cool when you're in a rave. Yep. <sighs> it all comes back around to electric circus, Dave. Apparently, it does. I did not realize it was going to, and I really wish it didn't. But uh, it does. It did. See, see, the problem is they designed this after electric circus went off the air. <laughs> it was too late. We were so late. So there you go. Uh -huh. I just I just thought it'd take us a little departure there. We went from Icebox Chamberlain to Raves. Where can we go next? Week... How about the NFL? How about the NFL? Yeah. I think we're week seven, week eight? It's week seven. No, week... I think it's week eight. I don't know. It's week... Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Let me double check, but whatever. I think it's week seven. I think it's week seven, too. All right. So we're just looking to see if there's any it's kind of... Week eight. Is it week eight officially? It so is everybody's had a bye week then? Okay, cool. Well, yeah. not everybody's had a bye week, but... Okay. We've still got... Uh... I see a lot of seven game records, so that so I assumed. Okay. Maybe somebody's yeah. got an eight game record. I don't know. 
Fair enough. Okay, cool. So yeah, so we're looking at week eight then in the National Football League. Uh, just going to look at a couple of these matchups here. Just kind of get a bit of an idea uh, what's going on. It's no Icebox Chamberlain, but we'll make it do. Few th few things are, though, colors. Few I'm so excited are. about this Icebox Chamberlain revelation. This is exciting. Um, so, yeah, looking at a couple of these matchups, uh, Pittsburgh's taking on Baltimore. Which that should be the best one. I like that. I like that. Almost as exciting as the Jets taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you know what the line is on the Jets and Chiefs, Dave? Uh, is it 19 and a half? Uh, it, I've seen it as high as 20 and a half. Because so my, my app has 19 and a half. Are you talking about the score app? Yes. Yeah, I've got it as high as 20 and a half in some places. That's brutal. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, you're. It, you, I understand why they did it. Because you're almost like compelled. Where you're like, okay, but at the same time, um, I, you can't possibly, possibly think that they're going to lose by that many. Yeah, and Proline has it at 20 and a half as well. But but they they, they might. They the might. thing though, the thing though is they you 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 use that logic, but at the same time you're like, okay, so let's say they're up by let's say they're up by 24. Let's use that number, 24. Okay. And late in the third quarter or something. All right. They pull Mahomes, they pull Kelsey, they pull Le'Veon Bell, they pull Andy Reid, they pull Derek Bieniemy, they pull uh they pull the cheerleaders. They're, everyone's gone. They are fans wearing uh, wearing Kansas City Chiefs jerseys on the field. You're telling me the San Antonio can't score a garbage time touchdown to make it 17? Yeah! We beat the spread! Uh, maybe, but I'm not convinced that it'll happen. <laughs> it, that, that's kind of the one thing you're worried about, like a backdoor cover. You're like, sure. they're I up by like, so much. I still like my bet, though. Even if that did happen, I'd still be like, I feel good about this. I don't know. Um, you, you feel like the Chiefs fans can hold off the the dominant Jets offense? Yeah. Ugh. Did I mention that? I did I mention the shot? I already mentioned this in a previous episode, but the shot in front I get watching uh, Jets fan uh, fan live streams. Yeah. The man. joy, Dave. The joy. It was so good that in the last episode, um, one of the guys basically dressed up with a donkey head and pretended to be Adam Gase while the other guy interviewed him. Nice. Yeah. It was so good. And they, they went for it. They went for it for about 15 minutes. It was fantastic. The other guy could barely keep a straight face. There were moments where uh, there were moments where the Adam Gase guy basically was doing certain things. And, um, and, the first, and the first guy started cracking up. He was just dying. And afterwards, they're like, this is the most brilliant and stupid thing you guys have ever done. It's like, oh, well, we got to find a way. Yeah, for sure. Because they were basically because on, they would do live streams as well during the games. And they would like drink themselves into a stupor during the game. And then do the post game to talk about it. So now imagine if you had had your various uh, New Orleans Saints uh, losses and right after dr spending your time drinking, watching it, then I put you on a live stream. Right at the yeah. moment. Let's do it. It's called entertainment. Let's Hashtag entertainment. So yeah, so that 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 one's going to be bad. Bad. So what's interesting I is think, like... You know what? The game... Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. All I was going to no, say I is... The, I think the... Sort of the other game, sorry, <laughs> the game that's the stand. One of the games that stands out to me is uh, Buffalo New England. Yeah, sort of. Uh, I would like it more if I was seeing more from Cam. I'm just I haven't been impressed. Like he's got his up. This is an opportunity for him to showcase, and he's not really taking advantage. Now I grant you, New uh, New England is not like a vaunted offense. I get that. But what's irritating me here? Here's what's irritating me. What's irritating me is it's allowing the Tom Brady apologist to have the narrative where at the same time I go like the Tampa Bay offense is vastly superior. 
We know the New England offense is not good, but it wasn't Cam that Newton, great with Brady. Last yeah, year. correct. So that, so, but then they get to pretend now. They're like, oh, but look at how great Tom Brady's. He, he played a couple of good games, and now he gets to pretend. Basically, the only person happy about this is Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans and Skip Bayless. That's basically it. The rest of us are sitting there like, oh, for God's sake, could you just play a decent team so we can see you get crushed a couple of times? That'd be fun of fun. Unfortunately, you're playing the New York Football Giants, so that ain't it. Yeah, I'm just telling you, I I want no part of the Monday Nighter this week, no part, because that's unwatchable. Like that's just unwatchable, flat out. Speaking of unwatchable, the Sunday Nighter is Dallas and Philadelphia. <laughs> How did that not get flexed? <laughs> Uh, really like i, I feel like like it's, hold on it's, i got i got this dave <laughs> you know what but as we say the but okay so here's the question for that one so two questions on that one first of all how the hell did it not get flexed hmm. uh but second of all okay well you know what sometimes if two teams that are horrible play each other it could actually make for a very entertaining game i'm not gonna say a good game but, but dave, you have to understand game. These are the two division leaders. I know. But my bigger question is who's is is who's quarterback in Dallas? Um it's uh like Dinazio, DiMaggio. Right? Like what again, so I go back to the original point. How the hell did this not get flexed? DeLorean. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll get the real answer. Hold on. Hold the third the third string guy is basically yeah, yeah, the yeah. answer right yeah, basically after Dak Prescott died and Andy Dalton died, Ben DiNucci. There you go. Ben DiNucci. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> this this here is now my favorite one of my taglines. <laughs> Just that's it right there. That, that's it. Honestly, that's all you need to say. Yes. Right? You, you the honestly... two and five. The two and five Dallas Cowboys taking on the slightly better two, four, and one Philadelphia Eagles in a battle of you see, we could have, you could have just said that at the beginning of the podcast, put on this this uh, banner, and just left the screen on for an hour, and there's your podcast. Like, <laughs> you know, put some music on so somebody, people, people listening have something to listen to. You know, yeah, or just you laugh, just loop you laughing or us laughing for like the whole time. That, that basically, yes, yes, right? that's. That's I may basically. Actually, I may actually watch it for the sheer train wreck, you know. Whereas I feel <laughs> Monday night is unwatchable. I don't know. I feel like the train wreck cap- potential of 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 Sunday night's game is is good because I feel like. Sunday- oh no, I'm I'm watching that game. Like as as ludicrous as it is, I'm watching it. All right, some, let, me, let me. I feel like some ridiculous thing, like totally, completely, utter ridiculous, is going to happen in that game. Dave, nothing would give me greater joy. Than if the Sunday nighter happens, one of these two moronic teams will win this division because the Giants are crap. The Giants are garbage. Although, if I don't they know, man. Be- football team, football team could do it. I swear to God, if they beat Tampa Bay at one and six with the garbage they've got, no Saquon, whatever it is they've got left, if they beat the, it'd be just hilarious. It's like afterwards, they're like, how did you guys pull off this massive upset against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team? We did it for Eli. It's like off of the this of this is the whole manifesto. You'll never you'll never beat us, Brady. You'll never beat us. I'd be cool for that. I'd like I'd be kind of great. They actually great. sign Eli Manning back for the out game. of retirement. Out of retirement, he's like, don't. It's like, don't worry. It's like, don't worry, Danny. I got this. He goes, hey, I own this dude. Just remember, I, I own him so hard. Right when they went, uh, 
one game away from being perfect, but that one game was the Super Bowl. Yeah, but then he also beat him again. Yeah, the, po- the point. Is- the point is the fact. The point is the fact that it is like they bring in Eli for no other reason. It's like, why are you? You can't even play anymore. Doesn't matter. I can beat this dude. I've yeah. got his number. I've got it twice. He but is vastly gla- inferior teams. It's like you. None of you may believe in me. None of you may think I'm a good quarterback anymore. We didn't think you were a good quarterback before. None of you may believe in me, but you know what? Tom Brady is my glass Joe. I beat him every time. Every single fucking time. That's that's exactly, man. I I where why is this not happening? Why is no one talking about this happening? Come on, Eli. It's the right thing to do. It's it's what the Giants need to do. It's not what we want, it's what we deserve. It's what exactly. I want. But it's not what we collectively want, but it's but it's what we deserve and it's what I want. Exactly. All right, let me talk about a couple of these other matches. <laughs> I got a lot of mileage out of this. <laughs> oh, so All right. good. I don't really have much to say about about anything unless you're going to talk Saints Bears. You probably aren't. So no, I, I, I'll mention it for a minute. Okay, okay, okay. So let, let me quickly go through the rest of this docket here. Okay, so we got uh, L.A. Miami. Don't care. Uh, the Jets KC is going to be a train wreck for a different reason. That'll be funny. Um, Minnesota Green Bay is not necessarily going to be competitive what's interesting about this one from a betting perspective because i look at it from that perspective as well i was legitimately trying to find interesting games to wager on like even i i ended up having to come up with a parlay like the best i could do was i had to try to combine some stuff to try to like come up with something that looked interesting and because the individual outcomes don't really do much because uh one of the things that i don't like to do and it's logical why I don't like to just bet on a gigantic favorite because it's like, okay, well, then how much money do you have to bet just to win a couple of bucks? Yeah. It's, it's not great. You don't want it, really. Um, so what I ended up doing, I believe, here, if I if I'm quickly scanning. Okay, so I got a three-team parlay. I got the Saints beating the Bears. We'll talk about the Saints in a second. I got the Chiefs beating the Jets. That's a shocker. Um, and then I got the uh, I got the Packers beating the Vikings. So it's a three-team parlay to make the to make the uh, to make it a decent. I basically had to play this pro line rules because it's the best I could do to come up with a decent outcome because all of these are like heavy favorites, like really heavy favorites. And I'm not, I'm not sure the Saints should be a heavy favorite in this game, but they're the ones that keep this from being like uh, bet $5,000 to win a dollar 27 in a ham sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, otherwise the odds are so stacked. Well, like the chiefs are literally 1.05 to one. You get five cents for every dollar. So you have to combine it with this other stuff to make it even look decent. Of course. <coughs> Otherwise, you got to bet thousands of dollars to get anything out of it. So, yeah, not not so great. Indy taking on Detroit. Eh. Las Vegas taking on Cleveland could be kind of funny. It could be. It Cleveland could. is like the worst 5-2 and two team I've ever seen. And now they have no Adele Beckham. They're still the worst 5-2 and two team I've ever seen. Uh, Tennessee, who... But they could get worse is my point, Carlos. They could yeah. get worse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the, the five and two Cleveland Browns. You got Tennessee at five and one taking on Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Joe Burrows at one five and one. It looks like they're both five and one until you realize there's a one in front of the five and one. <laughs> oh, there's three numbers. Oh, they also have a tie. I see. New England taking on Buffalo, which you mentioned already. The Chargers taking on the Denver Broncos. They're both two and four. It feels like there's a lot of shitty teams this year. Like a lot of shitty teams. Yeah. Damn. San Francisco at four and three is actually not very good. I think four and three is flattering. Taking on the Seattle Seahawks, who lost to freaking Kyler Murray. Okay, but they're five and one. They've otherwise been good. They've otherwise been a highly entertaining game that I wasn't watching because I was watching baseball. But you know, yeah. But at least Seattle is decent. 
Like yes. they're not they're 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 a flawed team, but they're a decent flawed team. Absolutely. And, and they're generally I, and I feel they, they could contend. Absolutely. Oh, I expect them to be there at the end of the NFC. Like this NFC is garbage. With due respect, like this NFC is garbage this year. The upside is that the AFC is garbage. Is there like a third option? <laughs> Can I pick the third league? Can we bring back the AAF? Can I pick them? No, but you can pick the Rocks XFL. Your choice. Fantastic. Glorious. All right. Last one on the docket that I didn't already make fun of. Oh, wait. Hold on. Uh, the Falcons beat somebody. Woo! And they, try, and, they, and they tried to give it up at the end, too. Right? They tried. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but somehow they weren't able to this time. Well, they already fired that coach. So that's done with that. Uh, so that just leaves us with one final game here on the docket that we haven't already either talked about or made fun of. All right, let's take a moment on this, Dave. Uh, in the spirit of, uh, I'm going to switch. We're going to go with this. All right. So that's Porque for anyone listening. The New Orleans Saints taking on Nick Foles and the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are five and two, even though they're crap. Taking on the New Orleans Saints, who are four and two, even though they're kind of crap. They won their last three games, sort of ish, technically. It counts? Question mark? Uh, and and my, my thing is here. So last week, New Orleans played uh, Carolina and won by a field goal. With the Carolina out, that lost to, by eight points to the Atlanta fucking Falcons on without, Thursday night. Without their uh, two top receivers. Yep. Right? And so theoretically, you could argue maybe Marquez Callaway, their third best receiver. Uh, he was the leading receiver in the game. And now he's injured too. So if you say he's number three... New Orleans will not take on this team without their three best wide receivers. What about Taysom Hill? Uh, well, it depends where he slots in as. Do you qualify him as a receiver? Is he a tight end? Is he just? I, I, I've been, I've been, to, I've been told he's a quarterback of the future. So the obvious move is to make Taysom Hill the quarterback and make Drew Brees a wide receiver. Right. Uh, this seems like fair. the obvious move. That's the I, obvious move. Whatever they do next week, they need to start Jameis Winston. Ooh. Bring in the goat. That's a, right? that, that that's a four. They're playing Tampa Bay. That's that's a four D chess move, bro. That's a four D chess move. Playing Tampa Bay and potentially Antonio Brown as well. Um, Bruh, are you saying in back to back weeks Tampa Bay could be facing the ghost of Eli Bay and Jameis Winston? <laughs> Can I take? You know you wanted to happen, Carlos. Lose by. Said, it may not be what people want, but it's what they deserve. Could you imagine if that stupid scenario played out and then somehow ta- ta- Tampa Bay is like five and four and they're like, Eli Manning was retired. Jameis Winston wasn't even supposed to be playing. How did I lose to both of them? We didn't score a single point. And we lost by 114 combined points. Oh, I would love that so much, Carlos. I don't, I don't think the football guys are that kind to us. <laughs> I don't think so either, but. I like the dream. Hey. I like the dream. You know. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, but the- I, I I mean, and then um, Chicago's receiver Allen Robertson, who they weren't sh- didn't think was going to play because of a concussion, is probably now going to play. Hmm. So, and Michael Thomas is trying to like declare war on the team, from what I understand, or something like that. Yeah, there's some weird shit going on with Michael Thomas too. There is, which we can maybe get into at a different time. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't I don't love the Saints in this game. But they're playing the Chicago Bears, who are far worse than their actual record. Uh, but if I had to bet on this game, I'd probably bet the Bears. It's also in Chicago, right? I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, for all that means. Well, hey, Saints in cold weather, man. Well, if they bring in Jameis, it's a, it's a lock. 
Well, but are they going to bring in Jameis? I don't know if they have the guts. Sean Payton, you know what to do. Unlock the goat, bro. Unlock the goat. Just saying. There we go. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's a bit of a questionable slate. There's some games here that I'll watch just because I I feel like this is this is this is coming up on another one of the red zone uh, weekends, Dave. This is feeling yeah. a lot like a just fire up red zone and just watch whatever is in scoring position. Well, or or you do what you should do is you have the Green Bay game on one screen, <laughs> and then you have red zone on the other screen. Yeah, it's uh, ooh, uh, ooh. Like I I think the way the season is played out, I'm just staring at it going like, yeah, poor K, indeed. For the whole season. She's been like a resounding like. Yeah. Carlos is pointing to the word porqué in case anyone knows <sighs> what he's doing. But yes, I agree with you, sir. Uh, yeah. It's been it's been weird. It's, it's been very weird. weird. It's very weird. Yeah. And it's going to get weirder because you know other people are going to get COVID. So. Yeah, but whatever. Like, here's the thing. Like, No, but, like, I, but what I say by that, though, is it's, it's always the potential and it's always over there that, uh, you know going into a playoff so i mean what happens right going into a playoff game we're not there yet but what if we go into the playoff game and and half the team gets COVID? that one team doesn't get it and the other team gets half the guys and like their star quarterbacks one of them what do you do right the potential for oddity and weirdness and whatever is is still high uh and we'll see if they decide to bubble for the playoffs or, or what they decide to do uh which i think is still in play potentially it's the nfl zero percent chance that would require them to think. Wait, why, why can't Adam Silver just run all four leagues? At this point, he might as well because he's like, God, you guys are bad. He should just walk in and be like, you guys are so bad at this. Like, you're so bad. This isn't even my sport, but you know what? You do this. But do this. Get out. I would I would support that in, in pretty much any sport that I watch. Adam, Adam Silver, Silver, come take over. Adam Silver is now the commissioner of sports, period. <laughs> Worldwide. Say like, just take it all over. Just what fix exactly everything. do you know about cricket more than you think? Okay, Adam Silver, please fix it. Yeah, just leave Aussie rules alone. They're fine. All right. Uh, there you go. Yeah. The yeah. commissioner of sports, except Aussie rules football. Yeah, just leave them alone. They're, they're Aussies. They're, 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 they'll handle their business. They, they got to fight gigantic spiders, Dave. You think Corona is going to slow them down? And and they've been doing it fairly, fairly well with COVID. So, yeah. So it's like, what's the issue? What's the issue? Yeah, it's this is a weird slate, man. Like I, I, I didn't get a chance to like look at it this way, and it's like, huh, huh, huh. Yeah. All right then, okay. Anyway, so that's good. Uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, as we speak tonight, Anderson Silva will be taking on somebody in the UFC. I don't remember who, so I was trying to look it up. But uh, in the meantime, you guys can have this. <laughs> yeah i had to give dave the rave uh the rave jersey one more time <sighs> it's just the right thing to do everybody it's the right thing to do so bad like why would they think this is a good do you have any idea dave jokes aside <coughs> do you have any idea how badly i wanted to buy a stupid black jersey if they had gone back to like the retro i wanted the retro so badly i mean you were prepared to drop a considerable sum of money uh on you know uh stanley cup gear if they had gone that way uh, obviously they didn't win so you didn't get it but uh you know so you're you're waiting man you've got the money you're ready to do it and people just keep letting you down that's the thing twice is, by one team well the thing is that i don't think they're going to change it up for a while because it's one of those things where like this was an opportunity 
Right now, coming off a Stanley Cup Finals run, they had a chance to... They like to do the rebrand thing every couple of years. They came out with a black jersey a couple of years ago. It was a fine. It was just like a Dallas on the front of it. It was okay. It was whatever. But it was one of those things like, no, just do the do the classic stars. This is an alternate. This is the third jersey. Just go back to the retro. You will sell that. That was the Stanley Cup year retro. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. That was, that was, that was the part I couldn't figure out. I was like, I don't understand why you guys are fighting the Stanley Cup, you know, era retro jersey. Hey, it could be worse, Carlos. It could be the Mooderist. But that was a questionable decision back then, too. It was. I, I couldn't figure that one out either. It was it was just bizarre. It was just like, why are you guys doing this? Why can't you just leave leave things alone? Yeah, right? So, sometimes it's like, why mess with a good thing? Well, because they get personal pleasure, I guess, from, from messing with the thing all the time. Apparently. Yeah, it, th- there's a whole marketing department. Like, I've never understood the whole rationale behind it. There is a rationale, I'm sure, but it's one of those things where it's like, whatever the rationale is, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, at least you've got semi-decent football, maybe, possibly, questionably. Did, did, did I not put the poor K on the screen a couple of times? It, at least in maybe one or two games? Here. This is what I'm talking about. This was here in the Stanley Cup era. There you go. See? So there's the black jersey he's showing you, which looks more or less the same as the first one we described. Yeah, um, the only thing they really did was they fixed up this part here, like I said. They, they changed the colors of these, and then they put the word Dallas here, which is a little hard to see in this picture, but I assure you it's there. Yeah. Okay. But that's it. That was that was the Stanley I Cup era that. jersey. It's fine. That, it's a lot better than uh, than what you showed me in the neon. I'll yeah. Tell you it, that. It, it's so it's such a simple jersey to make though. Like it's not like they have to do a lot. And the thing is, it's it's historically accurate. They already used that jersey for years, without without incident. Just bring it back. We like retro jerseys. Just bring back retro jerseys. This color scheme is not a mistake. It was it was what was done at the time. Yeah, man. No, I hear you. Anyway, whatever. All right. So that covers, I think, all of that for now. I think that's good. Anything else that uh, we want to talk about or haven't covered? Uh, the other thing I would like to say real quick, but uh, RIP Sean Connery, the first James Bond, uh, a legend. Yes, yes. He was. Uh, I would say that he is probably the best James Bond, but I will say that um, Daniel Craig has accounted himself well in the Absolutely. current iteration of Bond. Like He's done very well with that. And I think, isn't a new Bond movie coming out next year? Uh, unless they postpone it again, because it was supposed to be this year in April, then they postponed it to November, now they postponed it to next year. So it's done and ready to go. It's a question of when it actually gets released. I'm trying to think now, though. Doesn't that make him very close to the longest-serving Bond? In terms of actual years or in terms of movies? In terms of years. Probably in terms of years. In terms of movies, no. Because he's made, what, five? I think this is his fifth movie? Uh, and Roger Moore and Sean Connery both made seven. Is that the right number? Just mm-hmm. taking a look here. Portrayal of James Bond in film. Just looking. Okay, so let's do Sean Connery here. How many movies we got? Um, here we go. Sean Connery and James Bond in. Dr. No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, You Only Live Twice, uh, Diamonds Are Forever, and then the non-canon was Never Say Never Again in 83, which doesn't count technically. But he well, was James it, Bond. In that it movie. is his seventh movie, though. Yeah, so so we'll say seven for the sake of argument. Fine. And then uh, Roger Moore did Live and Let Die, 
uh, The Man with the Golden Gun, The Spy Who Loved Me, uh, Free Your Eyes Only, Moonraker, Moonraker, uh, View to a Kill, and Octopussy. Yes. Look at you. So yeah, seven for that one as well. Dalton had just a two. Pierce Brosnan had the four. And right now, uh, Daniel Craig has the five. Yeah. But right now, that means he's right now at about 15 years doing it. Which I think is is the most. Because back before, they were putting them out every couple of years. It was every yeah. year for a bit, and then it became every two until uh, 89. I think the other thing that also messed it up is that, um, and this is going to be very tricky as far as timing. Um, yeah, he's just ahead of Roger Moore, who did it for 13 years. But at the same time, I guess it also depends. It's a little bit of a cheating thing because Sean Connery had his run and then Lazenby in the middle and then came back and did it again. Correct. So um, he went 62 to 67, five years, and then 71 to 83, which is 12 years. But the 12 years also includes Never Say Never Again, which technically doesn't count. Yep, fair enough. So uh, fair enough. But Daniel Craig's had himself a distinguished run as James Bond. Yes. Five has, movies, five movies in 15 years. That's still pretty good. Pretty good. And they're, we'll and they're, you know, four, hopefully five uh, good <laughs> movies. They're all solid. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's key as well. So there you go. Fair enough. RIP Sean Connery as well. That's he, he's a, he was a great actor outside of James Bond movies in general. He was an excellent actor with a lot of good stuff because he was in the first Highlander movie, I think as well. Yep. yep. Interesting character in that one. And um, also he was Indiana Jones dad. Yep. The so rock. He, yeah. A lot, a lot of good movies. A lot of good movies without question. That's fair. That's fair. So I think that's it for us this episode. Uh, we were, we had a little bit of fun going a couple different places. I had fun with headings. You did. Hey, listen, I, I expect Benny T to comment on his own uh, on his own inclusion. He got himself. I'll, his I'll get him. Spot. I'll get him on it, buddy. Don't worry. Oh, you, you better. You better. Oaks already gets plenty of play. Like he already gets plenty of publicity. He doesn't need help. You know, we've been his PR department for long enough, Dave. It's fair. Anyway, anyway. So congratulations on your team winning. Uh, sad that you don't have any swag, but what are you going to do? We'll see if we can figure out the situation about shipping the swag because that's going to be the key. Did you actually end up ordering any of it though, or do you I just kind of? I ordered a hat and a hoodie. Okay, the hat and the hoodie. Yeah. Mm, mm. Fair enough. Now we're now tis the season, so I expect some serious hoodie wearage in the next uh, at some point in the next couple of podcasts. If it ever arrives, you got it, buddy. Oh yeah, good times. All right, cool. So that's it for David and myself. We'll get back to you. Uh, no mentions of anything related to Sir Mascots. No Mr. Peanut. But we did have a healthy dose of Dear God, Dear why? God why? And Porky. Porky! And with that, I leave you with Rolling Neymar. No, not going to do it today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was tempted. I was tempted. I'm not going to lie to you. I was tempted. He'll be anyway, back soon. Don't worry. Yeah. And there'll be a right, there'll be a time and a place. Anyway, so that's it. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, um, anywhere you get your podcasts. Also on YouTube. Uh, if you've been watching our ADC, then you would be watching on YouTube right now. So keep doing that. Subscribe. Hit the like button. Leave a comment. Leave an inappropriate comment. I'll probably delete it, but at least we know you. But at least we know you cared enough to write something. <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave liked that one. It's like leave an inappropriate comment. I'll delete it, but at least we know you cared enough to write something. Angry. And we appreciate the caring. We do. Absolutely. We always appreciate the caring. So that's it for myself and Dave. We'll catch you in the next episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast.